Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 168, Weekend Binging with Renee Sager. Hi, Renee. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Angela. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So um, before we get into it and introduce, let's just catch up. So we just saw each other yesterday. Yeah, we did. It's been <laughs> a long time. And that was our first time in real life. So that I was know. Super fun. It was super fun. It was like, um, you know, I think we're open to the wild and crazy of the world and experiences because we're coaches, but like, we're like, had talked once on the phone and then like a lot of Facebook comments. Yes. <laughs> Renee, you guys all need to go follow Renee on social media. She's going to um, tell you how to do it, but she makes the best videos about binge eating and just being your wild, crazy self. But anyway, she's super funny and cute. And so we decided to go run this crazy ass trail race together. And we met up in Kentucky, Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky. Mm-hmm. of all the places and we ran this wild ass race and um yeah just chilled survived. out so, and survived yeah. to talk about it we did <laughs> and at times so. got dark we weren't sure there were a couple moments in there where we weren't sure we were gonna make it yeah pulled through but we did and we survived and we're back in our own you're in indiana i'm in north carolina and so i wanted to have renee on the podcast because she helps women stop binge eating and i help women stop over drinking and there's so much similarities that overlap and i talk a lot of, to my clients about food mm-hmm. as well i you know over ate and over drank and binged both in my mm-hmm. past mm-hmm. um and renee had similar and probably even more years of struggle than i did so why don't we just open it up and let why don't you tell them your story about sort of like how you came here your history and past with that stuff and and we'll jump in yeah so my history started um i do have experience with both drinking and eating all of the things and mine really started with food food was even though i don't really believe in food addiction i don't i don't follow that model um but when i was in it um food really felt like my first kind of addiction quote unquote and um you know in the beginning it started as restriction and just a way to tone up lean out do all of those things mm-hmm. and it started out harmless enough and then you know it kind of became this obsession this compulsion and with the restriction came exercising And then you can only restrict yourself so long and work out so much before you either die or your body takes control and you binge. Mm. And for me, it thankfully turned into binge eating. However, I wouldn't think thankfully for about 15 years down the road, but, um, I just started eating out of control in the evenings, just like Googling, like, why can't I stop eating at night? What's wrong with me? Can I tear my stomach from all the food I eat? Am I addicted to food? Like I just couldn't 
stop. I couldn't get it. And I could do all so good all day long. And then nights came and it was like this just monster. Mm. And I had done that. I was in that, like do good all day and then binge at night for a couple years, which was exhausting because I'd wake up and I'd be like, okay, today's the day I'm getting back on. Like, I'm not going to binge eat tonight. Come mm-hmm. 7 PM. I was like, maybe tomorrow mm-hmm. and then, you know, rinse and repeat. And then I started to find alcohol and I realized when I started drinking, I didn't want to eat. Mm. So I was like, holy shit this is amazing. Like I don't have to eat anymore. I can just drink and things will be great. And also the booze made everything quiet. That Mm -hmm. was my favorite part about drinking was that when I was binge eating, like binge eating is stressful. Like you, you get about a minute of reprieve where everything's quiet and then you're just filled with guilt and shame. And so you eat more food faster. Mm -hmm. The, The drinking in the beginning, I was just like, this euphoria came over my body where everything was just quiet. Mm. And I thought this, now this is Mm -hmm. it, you know, where I first thought it was food. Then I thought it was binging. Then I thought it was purging. Then I thought it was booze. Mm. And I did that for a while. The thing that's a little different about drinking though, instead of eating is that with eating, you can still kind of like function and no one really Mm -hmm. knows. Like I could have a bunch of M&Ms in my pocket or go binge on my lunch break and no one knows. Mm -hmm. But with alcohol, when you show up to work and you're drunk, it's a little harder to keep under the radar. Yeah. So I got sent to, I went to a couple rehabs for my alcoholism. I was, I was a full-blown alcoholic at 20. Um, and I got sober at 22. So I haven't, I haven't drank since seven twenty two oh nine. Um, but you know, I, so I addressed the food or the alcohol thing, because that was the thing that was like kind of killing me the fastest, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then the fucking food came back. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, how on earth do I manage this. You know, the alcohol, I just stopped. I eliminated it, Mm -hmm. but this food thing, like every day I have to manage it. And I tried, you know, FA, OA, Weight Watchers. I mean, Slim Fast, Atkins, South Beach, you name it. I tried it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for a total of about 15 years of the restriction, binging, thinking about food, losing the weight, gaining the weight, just all of the madness. I kind of got to this point where, you know, I was just so tired. I was so, I was so tired and my mom had died. And that was a big shift for me because she had only known me struggling with food and body. Like Mm -hmm. since I was 14, that it was just like, she couldn't figure out why her poor daughter could not just eat or not eat and just be okay. And Mm when she died, it was just this really kind of lightning bolt into my, my life where I was like, it's so short. Mm -hmm. Our life is so fucking short. And for the last 15 years, my main focus has been getting smaller, losing weight or something around food. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, I was still in school and I was dating and I was working and on the outside, everything looked okay, but Mm -hmm. internally I was like a tightly wound rubber band, just waiting to pop. Mm. And so when she had died, you know, I went through that process of just kind of grieving. And I really, I just knew that I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't know what else was available. I didn't know how, I didn't know how to not eat everything. 
And kind of through years of, you know, I went to treatment for my eating disorder too. I started learning about intuitive eating and health at every size. And ultimately I just really stopped trying to control everything I ate because Mm -hmm. for me, so much of my binge eating and body stuff was anxiety was un like just shape-shifting anxiety. So it went from food and then it went to exercise and then it went to booze and then it went to my business and then it went back to food and then it went to boys and then it went, you know, it's just like all the different things. And so for me learning how to really manage my anxiety, but also to just get a realistic idea of what my body quote unquote should look like, you know, because for years I had screenshots of these CrossFit chicks with really defined bodies and super strong. And I'd take that screenshot to personal trainers. I'd be like, make her look, make me look like her, make Mm -hmm. me look like her. And like, first of all, they're, they've been gymnasts for like 30 years. And so like, we're just so different. I mean, I could, but it would be, it would be hard. It would be Mm -hmm. so hard for me to do that. And so I started really developing a relationship with me and my body, instead of constantly at war with my body, instead of constantly just tearing myself apart when I walk by the mirror and Mm -hmm. making that conscious choice of like, okay, this is what your stomach looks like. This is what your butt looks like. This is what your arms look like. They're not, they're not CrossFit 10 out of 10, you know, babe bodies. And, and you're still hot, like, and Mm -hmm. you're still a total babe and your body is still carrying you. And so really starting to shift what I saw as attractive, what I saw as beautiful, what I saw Mm -hmm. as, as normal was a huge part of the process for me starting to cultivate a relationship with my body that wasn't abusive because that's kind of what I did for so long was just constantly abused myself. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, just like hearing your story, it's like, the reason why you were binging is because you were trying to look a different way. Yeah. 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 And it was like where it started. It's like, it started with you trying to have this very fit. I'm guessing this, you know, when I think about this too, it's like a very tight toned Mm -hmm. seeing your muscles defined, right? Like, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just like, I was so, I was very, very type a, like every morning I got up and I wrote my schedule down to the minute, like 15 minute blocks. I was like, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people teach that. And that's great. I don't think I'll ever really make, maybe I'll go back to that, but it was just, I was very, everything had to be perfect. Everything Mm -hmm. had to be in control. And it was just kind of like, all day long, I was like a pressure cooker and Mm. go, go, go. Everything's perfect. Push, push, push. And so then finally, when evening came around, it was the first time of the day where I let loose a little, where Mm. I took a breather, where Mm. I, you know, let myself eat something. And so Mm. because I had been going so hard all day and barely eaten anything all day, when night came, it was just like, the party started like whatever was fair game and I was going to eat it. And I didn't want anyone to get in the way. Like, just let me do my thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So can we, let's, let's back up. Thank you for sharing your story, by the way, I want to make sure that like our listeners know who you can help same, like, you know, I help people that can, they're, they're not too far down the spectrum of like, you know, yeah, really hard, like alcoholics, like, not functioning they they're able to take a break of you know not drinking they have in the past without any big issues right right so i'm very clear on who i can help Mm -hmm. i want to make sure we 
address that real quick before we get into more of the tactics about how you can help people and talking specifically today about sort of um, getting over this bingey behavior around alcohol and food on the weekends, because that's where like a lot of my clients suffer. You and I talked this weekend about it and it's just like, we're all good during the week or good during Mm -hmm. the day. And then evenings and weekends are just like, it's all falls to shit basically. Yes. So I want to make sure that we can distinguish who you help like you're you're sounds to me like you're specifically talking about people who have been on diets or trying to lose weight that tend mm-hmm. to have more bingey type episodes but you're not really talking about other other mental health stuff that leads to binging can you talk about that for a minute yeah i mean i don't get into trauma and stuff like i definitely have clients that have had trauma um mm-hmm. and that's that's really not my, my scope. And I, I don't, um, I try not to open that box and definitely suggest therapy is a, is a great thing, but I really, my, my, my kind of ideal client and the woman that I really love to work with is that super ambitious woman who is kind of just crushing it and is, is, is a total badass, but mm-hmm. damn it. If this food thing didn't mm-hmm. keep following her, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's doing so much in her life and so much is going well, but it's just this constant relentless thing that she feels like she can't get away from where mm-hmm. maybe, you know, you'll do good for a day or two or a couple of weeks or even a couple months, but you're mm-hmm. always just like, waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're just like, Oh, you know, what is, am I going to gain another 60 pounds? Am I going to lose it? And you've never just really had that full peace and trust around any food and with your body, you know, to be able to go out on vacation, kind of like what we talked about, go out on vacation and eat all the food and gain a few pounds and not lose your mind. Just be like, Oh, this is part of living it like YOLO, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't have to think that I'm going to go back and just gain another 25 pounds because I had this weekend. So it's, you know, it's this woman that's tried everything, you know, she, a lot of my clients have been dieting or binging or restricting for 15, 20 years of their life. And they're at this point where they're like, listen, I don't need to be a Victoria's secret model. I'm not going for that anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to feel good in my body. I enjoy eating healthy. I enjoy exercise and I'm having a hard time with that. Like I still, I'm living in the extremes. I'm binging on chocolate in the evenings or chips. And I just, I'm, I can't figure this out. So that's really the kind of person that I, I can help the most. Cool. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, all right. So let's just talk about some of the behaviors that, you know, you and I talked about this weekend. It's like, we're, we're restricting during the Mm -hmm. week. Or, mm-hmm. you know, people, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I finally like that trust that you talk about, like trusting that I can eat whatever I want. If I, you know, for me, I do still plan um, that that is a tool that works for me. But for some people, they plan it like they, they plan their food according to a diet or for weight yeah. loss. Right. And it's like yeah. super like I'm going to have chicken Caesar salads Monday through Friday for lunch every day. And then, yeah. you know, just like a simple vegetable and a meat or something at dinner. And then on the yes. weekend comes, it's like open the bag of chips, yes. right? Get the pizza, the cheeseburgers, the front. If you could see me, I'm, I'm pretending yeah, shoveling, I'm shoveling it in, in my mouth. <laughs> right, now, right. And then it's like three days of this binge type shit. Mm-hmm. And then we feel like shit. Right. So let's just talk about that. Like what, why does that occur in, from your experience and your, you know, your history, especially like, t- let's talk about that a little bit. I think so many women have such a messed up idea around what like eating healthy is. When mm-hmm. we think eating healthy, 
it is it's restriction. It's a diet. And that's mm-hmm. from, you know, years of, uh, Oprah and shape magazine and fitness and seeing all the graphs in magazines and seeing all the, the nutrition calorie calculators and the 1200, this, and it's a semi-starvation diet. And when you do that, your body by binge eating is, is actually a very healthy response to keep you alive. But I think that that's a huge reason for the binge eating on the weekends is that we think we're quote unquote doing good or eating healthy. And really it's like, yo, add some more calories to your meals, like add some more food. You got to be eating because if you don't eat all week, you better believe you're going to go to town on the weekends. And so I think reframing what we, we see as healthy Mm -hmm. is huge because it's not just chicken and broccoli. You know, that was a thing I did that for so long was it was, it was either chicken and broccoli and rice, or I was eating a whole pizza in my car, you know? And so it's like, Oh, we can still have, you know, we can eat healthy and have chicken enchiladas and chili and go out to eat. Right. Instead of, I can't, I can't do that. I have to stay on my plan. So I have to stay home and eat the steamed fish because, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just, just restriction in your body is going to reject that. Another thing I think for a lot of the clients I have is that they are so anxious and so kind of on edge that they hold it together all week. And they're, it's just like force. It's just grind it out and push it through and get it done. And so then Mm -hmm. when it comes to the weekend, it's just right. Everything just kind of falls apart. And so learning to bring in some rest during the week, learning to take your lunch. Oh my God. You know how many people I tell, just take your damn lunch break, like take your lunch break, not over the keyboard, not this, not that. And also take a nap, right? Like I can't tell you how many women go to the vending machine and eat three Snickers or a pop and a bag of chips and a Snickers or whatever, not because they're hungry, not because they want it, but because they're so tired and it's, it's retraining that relationship to, you know, working and resting because so long women wear this badge of honor and and are told like, Oh, she's so, she works so hard. She's so relentless. And Mm -hmm. we're, we're told like, this is the best thing ever. And then behind closed doors, myself included, we're binging our brains out to give us this extra energy, or we're sneaking off to get this hit of whatever, so we can keep going the rest of the three or four hours of the workday. And so it's really learning to bring in that rest, learning to bring in that fuel and mm-hmm. eating enough so that you like over the course of six months, you don't mm-hmm. have these extreme highs and lows. Yeah. It's like, just like learning how to be constant and and stable in your energy like throughout the day and yeah. week every day yeah. and spreading out like so you don't feel like you need to play catch up on the weekends yeah. mm-hmm. with you know i haven't relaxed or i've been you know so tight and rigid on my food all week and then mm-hmm. this is where i can let loose a little bit it's not like we're saying that you shouldn't do that it's just if you binge on yeah. alcohol or food yeah. this is a lot of the reasons why right because yeah. we're just like white knuckling through the week Mm-hmm. not processing our emotions, not checking in with ourselves, not taking care of ourselves, putting everybody else's needs first. And then we've trained our brain over time to like seek relief in food or alcohol on yeah. the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the thing that, you know, is the, the payoff in the beginning is so fast, right? When we have food or when we have alcohol, it's just like, bam, instant fix. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's a reason why it is so enticing and, and starting to learn how to adequately process and allow those emotions is going to be like, when we think about the long-term, it is actually going to have a greater effect than just that instant hit. So learning to be with discomfort. And this is like a tricky little line to walk because a lot of times clients will want to use this against them because they have used like, okay, well, if I want to be healthy, if I want to take care of myself, then I wouldn't let myself eat this cookie. And it's, it's still really trying to shove you into this mold of, of diet, diet culture. Right. And so it's, it's like, no, you're, you can take care of yourself and enjoy a delicious chocolate chip cookie. You can enjoy yeah. your, you can take care of yourself and enjoy pizza with your friends and like go out and yeah. live it up. And it's like eliminating this black and white thinking and expanding yes. that horizon. Yeah. And I think too, is like in the coaching space, you know, we teach people like you have to be willing to be uncomfortable, right? Yeah. yeah. And so sometimes that can be taken out of context or like, well, I really want this and I should be willing to be uncomfortable right now. And we kind of use that against ourselves, mm-hmm. which is like, I think that's kind of part of that tricky fine line that you're talking about. Yes, exactly. And ultimately it comes back to developing trust with yourself Mm -hmm. because it's really, it's not about the food. It's not about what you're eating. We talk about Mm -hmm. in my coaching, we talk about food for like a month or two, and then it goes to everything else. And we think it's about the food and that's the problem. That's why you feel like you're insane because you keep just like rearranging your food into all these different ways. Like they're like, if I didn't have the food in the house or the thing that I binge on in the house, I wouldn't do it. Right. So we go through these extreme measures of eliminating it. And then we don't learn how to be with that shit that we actually do like sometimes. And it's okay to like it. Right. It's like, it's fine to like that stuff and to yeah. eat, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you just, you get that sense of safety because, mm-hmm. you know, I really think that your relationship with food is a relationship to so many different things in your life. Yeah. Like if you don't trust yourself around food, it is hard to trust yourself in relationships with money in, in your job, in so many different things. And so when you mm-hmm. establish that trust with food, it really ripples into every other area of your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's like a, what's a couple things that we can do to help people to reduce the binge or how do we help them understand that it might happen or what to do with it if this is a pattern for them? So, you know, I think a couple of the tips that I covered, I'll just highlight those again, cause they're super important, but it is, it is making sure that you're, you're eating, right? Like these are, these are the things that are so simple that nobody thinks they're actually going to do anything because when we're feeling just absolutely insane around food or out of control, we think that our actions need to be as severe. So if you're, if your food feels absolutely out of control, you think you need to do something as extreme in which like to mirror the, the amount of insanity you feel, but that's not actually the case. It's, it's really starting with these simple little shifts of, are you eating enough food during the day? Like, are you having, you know, something I suggest a lot of my clients come start with is at least getting those three meals. Like a Mm -hmm. a huge part of binge eating is also balancing your blood sugar. And so if you don't eat anything, and then finally at 11 o'clock, the first thing you eat is a donut or a half a muffin in the break room. Yeah. You're going to feel like shit. And you're probably going to want to eat four more when nobody's looking. And so it's, am I really taking care of myself? And that's a hard one for women that I work with because they're such people pleasers that it's like, 
well, I don't want to inconvenience anyone if I'm hungry and don't have breakfast. I'm like, excuse me, if I'm hungry and I don't have breakfast, like that is going to happen. Like I get those needs met eating and sleeping top priorities. And so it's learning to speak up for, Hey, I need more food. I need, I need to make sure that we're going to have this here. I need to make sure we're going to have dinner. Like I just, so for sure eating enough food, three meals. The second part is taking some breaks during the day. You know, again, it's just like foot on the gas all day long, set an alarm on your, on your phone for 10 minutes, five minutes, 25 minutes, go outside, get some water, walk around, just let your brain chill out for a minute. So that mm-hmm. way, when it, you get to the end of your workday, you don't feel like you've been holding your breath all day long. You feel more relieved, mm-hmm. you know? So those are two, those are two really big ones that I would suggest if you're binging on the weekend, making sure that you're eating enough food, making sure that you're taking some breaks during the day. And also, you know, this is a little bit more of a nuanced conversation, but if you do have these like certain types of foods that you're binging on, try to bring those in a little bit more, right? You know, if you're so used to never eating chocolate chip cookies and the only time you eat them is when you eat 19 on Saturday nights, it's like, Mm -hmm have a cookie with lunch, like bring in a chocolate chip cookie. I know for me, my two biggest binge foods were cereal and ice cream. And so Mm. I really did the work to kind of desensitize myself to those because I could never imagine keeping ice cream in the house without eating it all. I mean, it's, I got ice cream cake when we were together. It's, it's my favorite food. I just, I love ice cream. And so Mm. I had to do, I, I ate ice cream almost every day for about six months to just normalize it. Yeah, And that, that yeah. was my process of just, I, I was so tired of, of these foods, having this control over me. And so I ate it enough and I let myself know it's not going to be taken away because for 15 years I would eat all of it. And then I would try not to eat it ever again. And then I would eat all yeah. of it and try not to eat it ever again. And so bringing it in and having a cup of ice cream after dinner was like, you know, in the beginning it was terrifying, but then over the course of a few months, I was like, I don't know maybe I won't have it tonight. It sounds good, mm-hmm. but meh, I won't have it. And I think mm-hmm. that's another big thing too, is, is people, you know, like Janine Roth kind of teaches eat enough cookies and then you'll never want cookies anymore. That is not true. I've eaten a ton of cookies and I've never Me not too. wanted cookies. And cheeseburgers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's definitely not it. And it's not, and, and, and it's like, it's listening to your body, but it's also connecting with your brain. Right. So in the beginning, I find that we tend to want a little bit more of the sweets and the carbs. And then over time you get to bring your brain into the conversation a little bit more. And it's like, okay, we've had dessert, like the last three nights, maybe we skip it tonight. Whereas Mm -hmm. before your body's like, no, we have to eat it because we're not restricting and blah, Mm -hmm. you know, but then you're like, well, I don't know if we can have it whenever we want now. And we don't have to worry about it being taken away. Do we want it or not? And it's just so boring. It's just like water. I don't know. Am I thirsty? Okay. I'll have some. Okay. I won't. Right. It's just a normal conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I want to talk about the dieting thing in this process too. So like, let's just like say somebody has been binging and they're going to, they want, you know, they also want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is important to focus on to move past the binge, get a Mm -hmm. healthier relationship established with how you're eating and and what role food plays with you and your emotional needs and all that, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, it sounds like I would say, 
let's focus on trusting yourself with food and take yeah. the weight loss goal off the table for now. Oh my God. Like, talk to me about that. I have a whole podcast on this exact topic because it's a lot of my clients, even though I don't talk about weight loss, um, ever, uh, a, a lot of clients come to me and they're like, okay, but like, I still, I would like to lose like 35 pounds and I wouldn't mind losing some weight. And I'm like, yes, yes, I know. I hear you. And you know, the, the example I gave in that episode was it's kind of like, if you're trying to be an ultra runner, like an amazing ultra runner and just crush some records and a power lifter mm. at the same damn time. Mm. That is going to be, is it doable? I mean, maybe probably people do weird shit all the time. Is it going to be good for your mental health? Is it going to be taxing on your body? Like, no, those are going to, it's going to destroy you. Mm -hmm. You've got to pick one. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when people come to me, yes, they still may want to lose weight and it's probably going to be in the back of their mind for quite a while. That's okay. Bring the conversation. Let's talk about it. But we have got to establish a sane and normal quote unquote, normal relationship with food first. Otherwise you will keep dancing between extremes. Otherwise you will continually feel out of control because when you do that work up front to create that normalcy and neutrality around food, that's when you can be offered a cookie and just be like, yeah, it sounds good. And I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you don't have to do that again. You don't ever, you don't have to diet again. Cause you can just see how messed up it is that you just you, you, you just wouldn't, you just wouldn't do it. You're like, I know where that goes. Right. So for right. sure. I'm like, listen, we can talk about that later, but we have got to address this food piece first. Yeah. And I think too, just like acknowledging that it isn't working, right? Like mm -hmm. you going on a diet and, you know, trying to stop binging at the same time, yeah. probably wouldn't be still having the same problems. Right. right. We've all done that. I mean, especially, yes. you know, we've, in the past, before I found coaching, it was, yeah. you know, bingey, extreme diet, right? Yep. Juice cleanses, yes. you know, detoxes, raw yes. diets, Atkins, yes. you know, all that Weight Watch, like all of that, right? Because that yeah. comes from in response to something typically extreme, like, yeah. you know, really hard weekend or long vacation where I was boozing and eating and drinking mm -hmm. all the things, right? Mm -hmm. And so we just have to acknowledge and and own that it doesn't work when you do that right and yeah. like nothing that's last nothing that lasts right any sort of long-term changes isn't going to be extreme either you have to give yourself time and patience and yeah. work on loving your your body like what you talked about in the beginning yeah. while you're figuring out how to stop binging and stopping that very toxic cycle that yeah it's, it's just years of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I really do love when women come to me, even though they're kind of at the end of their rope and they're often like just frustrated because they've tried everything. You kind of got to get to that point because you do have to establish that relationship with yourself. You know, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not a quick fix, but it's like a, it is literally a lifelong change that you'll keep learning from like, it's just constant evolution that I think is fucking amazing because your body never stops changing. And when you get really attached to any one way of your body being, you'll always be disappointed because mm -hmm. it is impossible for your body to remain the exact same way. So oh. interesting. We want to look like we did when we were in high school. <laughs> even though we hated how we looked in high school. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 
So what are some tools that people that have that binge on the weekends or at any time really? And they just like, what's like something that they can do after? Cause we talk a lot about the shame, right? So like this cycle of extremeness, right? So that's the extreme eating and then the extreme opposite reaction that you were talking about Yes. earlier. So instead of going on that cycle, say we have a binging episode or, Yeah. you know, we go off the rails and something, what do you recommend? So I recommend to just kind of get back onto the normal swing of things, right? Your reaction is going to be to try and drink a bunch of water, not eat, push through, get an extra workout in. And what that does is dig you further and further into the hole. And so the best thing to do is to one, just like notice that shame and judgment, right? I mean, of course you're going to have binge eating is super shameful and, and just allowing, starting to allow that be like, I ate a lot of food. What do I need now? What do I need now? I probably need to go put some sweatpants on. I'm going to make some tea. Maybe I go sit outside and this is going to pass. This is going to pass. And starting to just like create that comfort. And if you do eat a lot and it is uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable. And it's starting, it's learning to sit with that and not because that's where the binge, this is the difference between binge and emotional eating is that often what tips the scale from an emotional eating situation to binge eating is the shame and guilt. And it's like, fuck it. I already had three cookies. I might as well have seven because I've ruined today. And then you're eating everything. And so when you can just stop and be like, okay, I don't feel well. What do I need to do to take care of myself right now? I do. I do need some water. I need to lay down. I'm going to leave this room. I'm going to go do this. And I'm going to make sure that I have some dinner, right? Because what, what we want to do is when we eat all that food is we want to try and skip our next meal and eat a rice cake or not eat anything at all. Yeah. And again, that just perpetuates the cycle and sets you up for another binge. And so it's like, Yeah. okay, I'm going to have dinner and maybe it's not as big as I thought it was going to be, but I'm still going to eat something and I'm going to take care of my body. And I just know that I'm nothing went wrong, you know? And that's the thing too, is to remember that whether you binge one day or three days in a row, whatever, like getting out of that idea that what you do in one 24 hour window is going to make or break you. Right. Yes. Like that's a big thing, especially for the calorie counters, macro counters and stuff. Like you're just going to have, you're going to have days where you're going to eat so much food and, or so many carbs or so much sugar or so much whatever. And, and it's going to happen. If we take your, in like five years of your life, if we take one year of your life, you're going to have those days. So getting out of that idea of, oh my gosh, I ate so much food for the last three days. What am I going to do? It's just like, whatever. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to my normal routine. I'm going to get back to eating. Like we talked about, I'm just going to get back to eating the, the normal foods that I like. And this doesn't mean anything about my weight. This doesn't mean anything about my fitness. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of that is kind of just this self self soothing and self talk that you haven't ruined anything. You haven't lost anything. And that if you do binge on the weekend, you know, it's that tool is to come back to what do I need? How do, how would Mm -hmm. I take care of myself? If you're, if your kid ate a bunch of food at a birthday party and came home and didn't feel good, would you be like, well, shouldn't have done that. You idiot, go, Yeah. Right. go outside and do jumping jacks and feel bad. And you know, you'd be like, oh, we probably won't want to do that again. Do we, what do you need? You need to lay down. You want some water, Yeah. right? Like you Yeah. would take care of them and doing the same thing for yourself. Yeah. I love that. Oh, this is so good. I, I wanted to, when you were talking about that, something came up. 
um, I think, I think it's like the, the progress over perfection, right? So like mm -hmm. letting go of the perfection that if this is something that you want to intentionally start working on reducing how much you're binging mm -hmm. around the weekends, right? Thinking that you're going to go in and never do it again is such a error, right? Because we're humans. And yeah, if you do zoom out, if you zoom out of like, get out of the food and the drinking space, zoom out of work, or, you know, zoom, look at your, you know, a six month of a work situation, right? Or yeah. a relationship. And look at how many errors are made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, and like, it's just like, yeah, we're humans, right? So like, let's let go of this idea that if we are intentionally working on something, it has to look a specific way. And we're measuring our success on how many times we're not doing it, right? Mm -hmm. We're really celebrating the times that we're not doing it and like really get big dopamines on there. Like, like that I'm perfect during the week bullshit, yeah. right? And we're not really celebrating if we do have a failure or a binge mm -hmm. that we just don't beat ourselves up. That should equally be celebrated, right? Like yeah. the celebration that you're not giving up on yourself needs to be celebrated and that you're a human being and we make mistakes sometimes and to let go of that perfectionist type attitude, which is so freaking hard for people. Yeah. And even, even letting go of the word binge because mm. truly a binge isn't, we often think that it's like an amount of food, but that's yeah. not it. It's, it's not like six cookies is cool. Seven cookies is a binge. Three pieces right. of pizza is fine. Four pieces of is a binge. Right. And so mm -hmm. it's, I ate some food. Yes. That, that word can be very loaded, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same ah. thing with over drinking. It's like, Oh, I over drank. It's like, you drank some alcohol, right? You had, you yep. had two glasses of wine more than you planned. Yeah. Neutralize it. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about how we would define binging. Cause I think that's really interesting for people. So for me, it would be like, I might have three bowls of popcorn. It, mm -hmm. what, how I kind of define it for myself is like, it just feels out of control. Mm -hmm. Like I can't stop. Yeah. And so that might be three cereal bowls of popcorn, which to a lot of people might not be a lot, but it's like that point where it's starting to hurt my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm starting, <laughs> and, and I'm noticing that it's like, I'm not enjoying it, but I'm still yes. doing it anyway to kind of like tamp down what's yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. How, do you, how do you define it? Yeah. It, I mean, it is, it is that it's an emotional state, right? It's your feeling about the situation. And oftentimes the binge comes from trying to control our food to begin with, mm -hmm. right? Of, okay, okay. I'm going to go, I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat this. Fuck it. I'm going to eat it. Right. And so it's that it's the energy with which you're, you're eating. And that's again, what kind of tips that scale from the emotional eating of, okay, I had two bowls of popcorn. And then frequently what happens is people then feel so much guilt and shame that they've ruined it or whatever. What's the point? I only, I'm after I finish this, I'm never buying popcorn again. So I might mm -hmm. as well just get it all. Mm -hmm. And so you shift into that kind of mental restriction which makes you eat more food faster. And so that's really kind of that shift into binge eating is it's not necessarily the amount. Cause I've had people tell me three cookies is a binge and I'm like, okay, well why, you know, and it's, it's not about the amounts. It's a, it's about how you're feeling about the food. And often that comes from telling yourself what I'm doing is wrong. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're creating guilt and shame around the food or you're mm -hmm. telling yourself you're never going to do it again. Once it's out of the house, I'm never buying it again. And that just puts you into a state of mental restriction which makes you want to eat more of the food faster. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So it's different yeah. for everybody. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah. I do think normalizing it, you know, like what you do with alcohol of just, okay, I ate some food. Like, let's mm-hmm. really strip it down to the facts because when you're, when, when clients come to me and they're like, I binged and I can't believe it. I'm like, okay, well, what was it really? And then they tell me and they're like, well, I mean, and I didn't eat anything before. And I had a light dinner the night before, and I wasn't really, and it's like, okay, well, so really you just ate a little bit more food. Cause you were freaking hungry, you know? And so when we take some of that energy out of it and we really look at it, then you can learn from it. But when you have so much guilt and shame, all you want to do is crawl under a rock and die. And so yeah. then it's really hard to do anything different. And the thing that I really love about the binge eating conversation is just normalizing it. Like mm-hmm. I know for myself, it was mortifying. Like I just, I was so ashamed that I would go to like seven 11 and buy little brownies and hot chocolate and milk duds and just all this shit. And I felt awful because I knew I didn't want to be doing it, but I didn't know how to stop. And I just, I had created an image of myself that I was like, I, if anyone knew I did this, they would hate me. They would just, there's mm-hmm. no way people would like me or ever see me the same. Mm-hmm. And the truth is like, people just, we eat people food do and this shit, right? Like this enormous. is not really that unusual it's that people not. eat sometimes more than we should. Yeah. Or in secret, most humans like, do, right? Yeah. There's not anybody, I don't care what they look like or what they do yeah, that doesn't but- sometimes eat more than they want to. Right. And that's another thing is like normalizing emotional eating. You know, I tell people when you are emotionally eating, call it out. I will tell, I'll be like, yeah, I totally am emotionally eating this ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's not the worst thing on the world. Like yeah. it's a coping skill, just like taking a nap, just like mm-hmm. journaling, just like a bath, just like shopping. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a coping skill. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, when we own it, it can't own you. So when you yeah. get that ice cream, I hope you put that shit in a bowl, you heat up some chocolate sauce and you enjoy it because yeah. there's nothing, you're not doing anything wrong. And when we can eliminate that shame, then you don't go back for bowl two, three, and four. You're just like, yes. yeah, I enjoyed it. I really loved mm-hmm. it. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So tell them a little bit about you and how they can follow you. Yes. Well, um, I'm Renee Sager and you can, I'm really active on social media on the Instagram. So you can find me over on Instagram at Renee Sager. My website is also at reneesager.com. And then I have a web, uh, podcast called ditch the binge where there's tons of good episodes in there that you can learn all about the stuff we talked about today. That's awesome. And do you have a freebie, like something that they could go sign up to get like a worksheet yep. or something? Uh, the three reasons why you can't stop eating. So they can Ooh. grab that as well. And my, is that on your Instagram. website? It's on my Instagram right now. Okay. I'll be sharing cool. it on my Facebook too. I'm revamping it a little bit. So it'll be up on my website, hopefully within the next week or two. Okay, cool. Any final comments, suggestions, tips for people who might struggle with binging and mindset, anything like that you want to yeah. leave? Yeah. You know, the biggest thing I think that I would love anyone to hear that's struggling with food and body stuff is that it's so easy to think you're the only one that can never really get over it. And I, that's something that I hear with every single client is, yeah, I hear what you say, Renee, but I don't know if I can do that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I have, I have tons of client interviews too, on my podcast where, where women felt that way too, of I'm the only one that can't do this. I've struggled with it for so long. And just know that that's just not true. Like it's, it's really not true, but you do have to 
show up and be willing to do something different to get a different mm-hmm. result. And sometimes it's a little, it's sometimes it's a little uncomfortable upfront, but that change and just feeling normal around any food is 100% possible. I love it. Right. Like the same things aren't working. Right. Yeah. So what we've tried in the past is clearly not working. So we have to be open to thinking about it differently, to trying something new, letting go of all the constructs that we've been taught. Yes. Right. Yes. And that's a process. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Diet culture is deep and insidious and sneaky and everywhere in the same way yeah. that drinking is. It's just mm-hmm. so normalized. Like if you don't have wine at dinner, people are like, what? If you don't aren't on a diet or trying to change your body in some way, people are like, what? And so it's really, you know, this is why I love that you have that community of just helping your people find other women that are thinking Mm -hmm. the same way. I think that the community is so important in this work. Yeah. So good. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming. They will find this hugely valuable and they should all go check out. I'll link all up all your stuff up in our show notes but thank you so much yeah thank you thank you all right we'll talk soon oh my gosh i love that conversation renee thank you so we've linked up all of renee's things in the show notes you should go follow her and apply what we talked about today and if you want to join my stop over drinking and start living coaching program the application link is in the bio get your applications in i hope you have a beautiful week talk to y'all soon Didn't we